Scouting out of the blue corner. He gives you your football meat and potatoes style and is the undisputed king of detailed player analysis. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Steve the Scout. Hey guys, this is Steve the Scout. I am the voice of the Pro Football Scouting Podcast. It is Monday, December 3rd. We have just wrapped up Monday Night Football, and I'm excited to give you the bold takeaways brought to you by the writers at pigskinnut.com. Pigskin Nut, for those that are crazy about football. You can follow me on Twitter at SteveTheScout81 or the Pro Football Scouting Podcast, but really excited for the direction of Pigskin Nut, which is going to be essentially the parent company of everything. Um, it is an, an all-access website where you get individual team coverage for all 32 NFL teams, fantasy football, individual coverage for every major college football conference, as well as pro and college player scouting reports. So uh, excited to excited to bring you all that. And I did mention fantasy football, hopefully. Um, another announcement. This is the last episode that we are not going to have advertisers. So tomorrow, uh, advertising will begin. If you're interested in advertising rates, email me at stevethescout81 at gmail.com. Our audience right now is just under 5000 per episode. So um, rates are relatively cheap right now, but obviously we want to grow. And as we grow, uh, those, those can increase. So... Um, uh, what I want to do this week is uh, with the format, um, with the format, you know, actually, and before I kind of dive into all that, I'm going to stop myself for a second. So there's been a bit of a delay with getting Pigskin Nut up and running. Uh, I know I've been telling you for a few weeks, it would probably be up last week, um, but um, we are definitely at the home stretch of getting that website up and running right now. So some of you may be going there and seeing, wow, there's no website there. What the hell is he talking about? There is a website. It's actually mostly built. Just, you know, have to add some finishing touches and uh, it'll be up and running soon. But I'm really excited for that um, as I want it to be the mainstream, a mainstream source of how people get football news. I find you go to most websites like ESPN, Bleacher Report, NFL.com. Trust me, they all have great content. They do. I'm not denying that. But they're all they're all missing critical elements that myself as a football nerd, and maybe you as a football nerd, probably if you're listening to this show, want to get. So that is going to be uh, just, you know, what makes us unique and uh, excited, excited excited, to bring that to you. So um want to highlight the writers this week individually. I, I've I kind of changed formats the last few weeks. Uh, this week, um, you know, we're kind of at the point of the season right now where um, we don't need to talk about so much, you know, what went wrong in this game because it's like, I think f- for, f- for most of the season, teams are trying to figure out who they are. Um, you know, that's just generally the way it goes. You know, you don't really find out who teams are until the second half of the season. I mean, yeah, there are teams like the Saints, the Chiefs, the Rams, and, and the Patriots. We know who they are, but you really find out who teams are Teams are in, 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 the, in the second half. So, um, you know, with that, uh, I'm going to highlight the writers individually this week. Um, I'm going to give you their bold takeaways. And the first writer that I'm going to start out with is my man, Frank Torchia. Now, uh, we have um, an onboarding process at pigskinnut.com 
where you have to fill out uh, onboarding information and fill out a roster and read everything. Uh, Frank is, you know, but I'm going to embarrass Frank because he hasn't done it yet. Now, now, not to blame Frank. Frank is taking finals right now. And by the way, Frank is a very handsome guy from New Rochelle, New York. Uh, I do see a lovely lady on his profile picture. I don't know if he's single. Um, I assume not by looking here. And uh, Frank, I want to say, I'm, I'm going to make this very awkward because you haven't done it yet. Just, just to be a pain in the butt. Frank, I want to say happy almost one month anniversary. You've liked our page for almost a month. See, I'm going to try to make this as weird as humanly possible. But okay, let's let's get down to business. Frank Torchia from New Rochelle, New York, uh, a Giants writer. So actually writes for for our Giants page, which is called the Blue Crew. Um, but let's let's talk about what Frank saw. What are his bold takeaways this week? Um, and before before I do that, I know I keep stopping myself, but I do want to get some entrance music for these guys. So so as I bring on the bold takeaway people, definitely want to get some entrance music and some cool stuff going. I'm rambling. Let me let me let me cut to the chase and get to Frank's points. All right. What did Frank say? Frank said a couple of weeks ago to me. He said that Carolina and Seattle, their wild card slot is going to be determined by the play of their secondaries. I like that bold takeaway because it's not something it's not something obvious. It's something distinct and unique. Um, and, and he's really, you know, he's not, he's not just saying, you know, if this team plays good offense in the second half, they're going to be a good team. He's talking specifically ab- about the secondaries of two teams that, that are on the cusp. So Frank goes on to say that, look, Seattle secondary hasn't been, hasn't been Legion of Boom status. Yep. Frank says they're not, they're not Legion of Boom status, but it's gotten the job done. And Frank says, what, what's, what's helped Seattle secondary? He says that number one, you got you got you got to look at Bobby Wagner because Frank mentioned that he play, he's a he's a great middle linebacker. They have great linebackers all over. They're good in coverage, as we've seen. Bobby Wagner has been his whole career. But what Frank alluded to is that they have solid defensive back play in their secondary, and also Russell Wilson. He's playing at an MVP level, just like just like he was last year. Um, he said he went on to say Russell's only had a mere five interceptions, and he's playing at a level we've never seen him play at. Uh, I think, you know, personally, just interrupting Frank for a second, I think last year Russell was playing at about, at about you know, pretty much an MVP level. But look, he's underrated. So Frank goes on to say that Russell Wilson, he's currently the only quarterback besides Aaron Rodgers in the history, um, uh, in history to have a QB rating over 100 for um, at this at this point in his career. I think that's the way he said it. Wilson has gotten better and better every single year. He definitely has. Um and he and he said, you know, with with his postseason pedigree and Seattle's postseason pedigree, teams are not going to want to play Seattle down the stretch. And interrupting him again, I agree with that. It's true because, um, you know, Seattle is battle tested in the playoffs, and and their coaching has shown it. Frank goes on to say, you know, by the way, uh, the Seattle has the number one rushing attack in the NFL. Great, great stuff. Because look. Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't have thought that. And how impressive is that that they have that, considering they don't have they don't have a household running back in their in their backfield. So Frank's takeaway is that Seattle's gonna make the playoffs. The Panthers will not. Frank's basically saying what he said a few weeks ago was starting to come true. Frank also said, here's Frank's other takeaway. So Frank says we should not read into the Saints' loss. Uh, I think, and I'm going to keep saying the words to interrupt him for a second, just so you know when I'm talking and he's talking and, and, and it's not his word, so it's not overly confusing, cool enough. So 
Frank says we shouldn't read into the Saints' loss. To interrupt him, I'm going to say abs- absolutely not. You know, I, I think um, this this is this is a league where um, you see uh, media overreact way too much about one game. But Frank says the Saints are still the most dangerous team in the NFC, and they are not regressing. Um, he Frank goes on to say, let's say Frank goes on to say, let's assume that it's, that Dallas takes the NFC East, and they'll have to play on the road in New Orleans where Drew Brees and Sean, ba- and Sean Payton have laid waste to many a team in their time. And that is going to be the, the and that is going to be the game the Dallas Cowboys are not winning. Very true, Frank. It is it is tough to win on the road in 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 New Orleans. Uh, I think that is one of the hardest places to play. Frank also goes on to say as another bold takeaway that Rod Marinelli is the best is the best defensive coordinator coaching right now. Uh, Frank's reason for that is that you, and that's Dallas's defensive coordinator. Frank goes on to say that you got to take, he's taken Dallas's defense to heights. They, they have not reached previously. Um, and it's, and it's really impressive considering there are three top real studs on, on the, on that, on that, on that side of the ball. Um, I, 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 I mean, I would say, you know, to that for me, I feel they have some very good players. So I do think, I do think personally that, um, they did, they have just, they're so talented at the linebacking core, um, that I do think other, other coordinators could get, could, could get, could get a good performance out of them, but I don't think most are going to get it out of them nearly the way that Rod Marinelli has. Uh, he, he's, and he goes on to say that, you know, they got, they got some studs there. He said, Demarcus Lawrence is, is their best defensive player who has had the, who has had the third most sacks from the beginning of the season behind Chandler Jones and Aaron Donald. He said Leighton Van Der Esch is a rookie linebacker is playing like a vet in his prime. Interrupting him, I absolutely agree with that. And he's joined by Jalen Smith uh, to, um, to to comprise a linebacking duo who can shut down the immediate play better than the most. And I'll interrupt him again. Absolutely true. Um, they have, you know, you, you want to look at the linebackers they have there. What's so good about Van Der Esch and Smith is that they're great. They're great in the run game. Um, they have the potential to they have the potential to rush the passer if you need them, but they are they are great in coverage. But really, what makes them those two linebackers their best quality is their range. Those guys can cover a lot of ground. So um, you know, going going back to what Frank was saying, um, Frank says that the secondary has been good um, and, and above average at times. But the coaching scheme clearly is the magic touch for Dallas on defense, and the wizard behind the curtains is none none other than, than the league's best defensive coordinator, as Frank states. Frank, um, as Frank Torchia states, and, that, and and he thinks the best defensive coordinator of the game right now is is Cowboys defensive coordinator Rod Marinelli. Frank also goes on to say that the Pittsburgh Steelers have a real shot of missing the playoffs if their defense. Can't stop anybody when it counts most. And that, and to interrupt him, that is where they have struggled all year. Uh, Frank goes on to say that the Steelers, they play the Patriots and the Saints. They're both very losable games. And while while Baltimore is going to play the Chiefs and the Chargers, also two losable games, he said if Baltimore just beats one of those two teams, the Chiefs or the Chargers, Pittsburgh misses the playoffs with the Chargers, Broncos, and Colts all gunning for that final wildcard spot. And I'll read that again because that's kind of a mouthful there. Frank says again that Pittsburgh has a real shot of missing it because Pittsburgh's going to play the Pats and the Saints, but they are very loose, but they're, and they're both very losable games. And Pittsburgh's defense has got to step up. Um, and if Baltimore just beats one of their next two opponents, with those two teams being the Chiefs and the Chargers, both Frank's 
both and Frank says both of those are losable games, but still, you know, they, they could pull one off that Pittsburgh is going to miss the playoffs with the Chargers, Broncos, and Colts all gunning for that final wild card spot. And Frank's final takeaway, uh, and, and this is actually well, one of my favorites. Um, Frank says that for him personally, his, the Chargers are his favorite team to watch. Now that doesn't sound like doesn't sound like a very bold takeaway, doesn't it? But you know, you know what I actually like about it is that um, you know the is the reason why why he said that because you know you wouldn't think about the Chargers as the best football team to watch right now, um, or, or or in that very very top category. But why does Frank say that? Frank says that they're his favorite team to watch because, and, and I gotta say he's dead on with this because of their talent at every level of offense, of defense and offense. Uh, he goes on to say that defensive rookie of the year favorite Derwin James from Florida State is the ultimate defensive weapon and uh, and that he's effective anywhere you line him up. He can and literally has done it all. Picks, pass breakups, sacks, tackles for losses. He's taking them deep into the postseason. I got to interrupt you because what if you listen to my show over time, everyone, you know, everyone I felt – the consensus was that people ranked Micah Fitzpatrick a good deal ahead of Derwin James. And while I feel that Micah Fitzpatrick has a very similar skill set, what did I say? I said Derwin James, outside of, outside of Saquon Barkley, was probably the best player in the draft last year. Why? Because when, when I watched, the, just like Frank said, when I watched this guy at Florida State, um, I thought I thought he was the most I thought he was the best secondary player um, in the in the country and the most versatile. Why? Because you look at his range all over the field. The way the way he plays safety, he hits he hits like Harrison Smith and arguably covers ground faster than he does, and 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 has and, and is honestly quicker. Um, when you look when you look at Derwin James' ability to line up one on one and press, he can do that. Obviously, he can play zone, um, but everything else he does, like Fra- like Frank mentioned, pass breakup, sacks, tackles. You can put this guy in the freaking slot, and he'll still dominate. I mean, he really is the ultimate weapon. So, uh, Frank Torchia from New Rochelle, New York. Uh, we 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 hope Frank is doing very well uh, in his uh, finals, and we definitely appreciate him getting out getting out his content to us. Hopefully, you enjoyed us making fun of you, Frank, and we appreciate your content. We look forward to having you back next week. The man who does it all is coming up to the plate. Stepping out of the batter's box, we got Patrick Chiodi. Patrick, come on down. You're the next guest on the Pro Football Scouting Podcast. Well, um, not really a guest. I'm kind of reading your content. We're definitely going to have guests soon. So, okay, let's get, let's get to what Patrick had to say. So, a little bit, little bit about Patrick. Patrick is, is from Portland, Oregon. Patrick Chiodi. And uh, he, is a, he actually writes for the Denver Broncos. He does both of our pre- and post-game uh, work for them. He is he is our team analyst and player analyst for the Bronco, and takes care and takes care of the off season reports. And when Patrick contributes to his bold takeaways, um, he he does he does it typically around the NFL. So uh, I appreciate you, Patrick. Want everyone to hear the good stuff you have to say. So so let's get to it, my man. All right, Patrick Chiotti first commenting about his own Denver Broncos in the game and where Denver Denver took on Cincinnati this weekend. So uh, after watching, you know, the Denver-Cincinnati game, you know, his, his takeaway, and it's, and remember guys, these takeaways are not only, not necessarily takeaways from the game, but it's, it's things that we kind of have to think about, you know, after the game is over. Um, 
And his bold takeaway from that game is that right now Denver is in the hot is 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 hot in the race for the AFC wild card spot, but they are going to have to play very sound football down the stretch due to the injuries they continue to suffer, including Chris Harris Jr., who is now out for the season. and And he also says the offense needs to keep running the ball to keep the defense rested for a big playoff push. Absolutely, I agree with that, Patrick. You got to ride Philip Lindsay. Um, the be- the best. You know, you can't even call him a draft steal because he wasn't drafted. But Philip Lindsay, they got to ride him. He's proven uh, to me that he's a running back, and he, and it, and it's not just because you know Denver's system. He's he's just a good running back that should that should have been drafted. So um, I agree. I mean, look, um, you you don't want to make Case Keenum do it all right now because look, he you know a good quarterback is always aided. By a good defense, they're missing. They're missing one of their best players on defense, uh, Chris Harris, who's one of the very best slot corners in the game. So that that is a tough blow. And yeah, they're gonna have to play mistake-free football. After looking at now, Patrick goes on to talk about the game between Minnesota and New England. What was his bold takeaway for that? Is is that he doesn't even think Minnesota is good enough to be in the playoffs? And I agree with that. Um, they have way too much talent to achieve the little amount that they've achieved this year. Uh, Patrick goes on to say that on a day when they could have made some ground in their division, they lose a tough one in New England, which is no easy task in itself. Obviously, I, me personally, I agree with that. Uh, but he says Kirk Cousins needs to prove that he's worth all that money and get his team to the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, um, quarterback in this league, um, you're judged based off, based off of two things, the quality of your play, and, and, and do you win? So, I mean, look, um, I think at times, me speaking personally, Kirk Cousins has looked really good this year. At times, at times he struggled. Um, but yeah, with the, you know, you know, with, with the weapon, with the weapons they have there on, on offense, um, the, I, I, yeah, they should, they should have a better record than what they have. Also considering they have a crap ton of talent on their defense. Patrick goes on to talk about the Cleveland Houston game. Uh, what 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 is what is a takeaway he had after watching that game? Um, is that is that Houston is proving right now that it's the real deal with a good defense and a dangerous offense to match, um, and that is a bold takeaway in the sense, uh, me speaking, that um, I think you know you know Houston Houston's defense hasn't been respected all year because it's you know it's been JJ Watt getting back into form which he is now um, and Jadavian Clowney who's Who's you know, in my opinion, one of the most unblockable players on the defensive line. But you know, you got to remember, you know, they have other guys that are stepping up now in their defense. They have, they have a, a guy there by the name of by the name of Tyran Matthew, the Honey Badger. Uh, they dra- they drafted Justin Reed, who's doing a great job. So look, they have they have a lot to like on on their defense right now. And look, uh, wins speak volumes, and and they have they have the biggest winning streak in the NFL right now. Um, so he 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 goes on to say. And talk about what was his what would now what was Patrick's takeaway after the Arizona Green Bay game? Because look, we all know we all know what happened after that game. Mike McCarthy was fired, but his takeaway is that he was fired for a good reason. He said this team should shouldn't have lost to the Cardinals, especially at home. And he also said that Josh Rosen is showing a lot of promise, and this could be a sign of what's to come. Uh, and, and and I'll comment on that to say, um, yeah, no, Mike McCarthy. Um, it already looked like he he was going to be out the door after the season, but 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 you know you can't you can't you can't lose a game like that when you're 
when you're still fighting to try to get in playoff contention, you're playing it. You're you're playing one one of the weakest teams in the NFL this year. When you look at the win loss column, you gotta you gotta you gotta win that game. Uh, it was a home game, so I mean, just um, yeah, that's that's a tough one. But what I also like that he said is that Josh Rosen is showing a lot of promise. Now I said this before, I'll say it a thousand times. Josh Rosen sucks without protection. He really does. But but you get you get, you give him time. You give him time, and he he can make big time plays. I'm gl- I'm glad that Patrick saw that, despite he isn't having a whole lo- whole lot to show this year, stats wise, because stats do not tell the whole story. Patrick Chiodi from Portland, Oregon. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for always giving the good stuff. So next up, we have another writer, the man, the myth, the legend from good old Nashville, Tennessee. That was. That was my southern accent. Hopefully, I thought it was pretty good. All right, Jeffrey Fuller. Jeffrey Fuller is our Titans analyst. He is the NFL. He is our NFL Titans uh, lead team analyst. Um, he is. He does their player analyst, uh, team news, team analyst, offseason analyst, and Jeff also uh, covers the SEC for us. So we have again, we have separate blogs and separate uh, webs web pages within our site for everything. One of them being the SEC. He's always talking about uh, Georgia. Gave me some good an- analysis on that. Uh, so is he's also our SEC conference analyst and gives general news and game breakdown of SEC games. So uh, an absolute superstar, Jeff. Uh, thanks for sending me your bold takeaway this week. Uh, I know you got one, but but it's a good one because it's uh, it's one that's going to be talked about a lot. Here's what Jeff had to say. Jeff says um, Jeff says that. The Packers, his bold takeaway is that Jeff says the Packers made a much-needed move with the firing of Mike McCarthy. We'll talk about this because, look, it's relevant right now. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best NFL quarterbacks to ever spin a football and only has one Super Bowl to show for it. He goes on to say this statement that that, that Green Bay does not put enough weapons around Aaron Rodgers holds very little weight because you look at Tom Brady and what he's done with with not with not much more on his side, and and I and I can agree with that. Um, me personally saying that you have to look at coaching. Um, I'm going to interrupt him and say, yeah, absolutely. Look, um, look. People always talk about what if what if Aaron Rodgers played in New England? He'd he'd, he'd have a better career, no doubt about it. I'll leave it at that. Um, do I think he would run that offense as well as Tom Brady would? Uh, I don't I don't know, but I think. When you look at Brady, he's a little bit more, a little bit more meticulous in the way he does things uh, than Aaron Rodgers. Although Aaron Rodgers is a very meticulous quarterback, um, but Jeff goes on to say that Mike McCarthy has failed to make the playoffs for two years in a row, and that is a fireable offense. He says, "I think the Packers should pursue an offensive, should pursue an offensive mind like Josh McDaniels." And that ties into what Jeff was just saying, and what I and and kind of what I was just feeding off of Jeff saying is that look, um, I th- I think Je- I think Josh McDaniels that would be an amazing fit. I know he turned down uh, the Colts job, but look, he's got he's got uh, a I mean Andrew Luck's a smart quarterback, but he hasn't been in the league as as long as Aaron Rodgers, um, and I just think that is an exciting proposition. So. Uh, could be could he be could he be back in the coaching market this next year? Uh, New England paid him well, so we'll see what happens there. But good takeaway there, Jeff. Good to have you, man. Grab your terrible towel, because Wes Kiefer from Western PA, Shippensburg, Pennsylvania, to be exact, is up next. 
Now, uh, Wes actually writes for our neutral zone. So the neutral zone is league, league-wide coverage and analysis. Uh, he's also a Pittsburgh Steelers player analyst for us and helps us also work on fantasy football focus as well as ACC coverage. So um, what, did, what did Wes have to say? He had one bold takeaway, uh, and, and I'll go ahead and read it to you because it's one that's, that's interesting, not, not something you'd normally think about. So Wes feels that uh, a takeaway looking at the Washington Redskins state of the union for the Redskins right now, they ought to look at Sam Bradford. He said he said specifically that Washington just watched its second starting second starting quarterback get carried away with only one good leg. And just as the NFC East race was getting closer and more competitive, Colt McCoy goes down and also for the rest of the game and maybe longer. His replacement, Mark, Mark Sanchez, comes in, um, but Sanchez couldn't keep the momentum up. And, um, and he said Adrian Peterson scored on a big touchdown run, but that was really the only high, highlight highlight of the night. He said the Redskins right now, um, he says that they need to make a Hail Mary decision as they are now outside, outside of the wild card spot looking in. So, I mean, he's really trying to say here, to interrupt Wes for a second, that um, the Redskins, they still have an outside shot of getting in, but they got to do something different. He said Colt McCoy is out for the rest of the year. Sanchez is not a reliable starter starter anymore. I don't think he ever was a reliable starter. Um, and the free agency market, it's, it's slim right now, and this is late in the game. But he said Sam Bradford should be given a contract. He's a proven veteran and a proven leader in the locker room. And, and while he is a free agent for a reason, he offers more than Sanchez why I 100% agree with that. He has a much better touchdown to interception ratio than Sanchez. He has a better completion percentage and has the skills that are needed right now for Washington. He said Adrian Peterson isn't going to rip off 90-yard runs the way he used to. Um, and the receivers, um, they need to get more catches than just targets. But he said, look, um, you know, there's guys like Landry Jones and Ryan Mallett out there. But he feels that West feels that Sam Bradford's skill set is more fitting for, for a team like Washington right now, and that could be what the, what they're missing, may give them a shot to get to the playoffs. Great work, Wes. Thank you, my man. What does a limousine riding, jet flying, wheeling, stealing, son of a gun Ric Flair do when he wants to have some fun? He calls up his friend in a neighboring town in Goldsboro, North Carolina, Hunter Marketo. Hunter's up next. He is stepping up to the plate. We're going to read you his bold takeaways. Hunter, as I alluded to, from Goldsboro, North Carolina, covers the Philadelphia Eagles and covers the entire NFL for us on the neutral zone. So let's talk about what Hunter had to say as his bold takeaways from week 13. All right. Hunter talks about this, the Los Angeles Chargers. So easy to call them the San Diego. It still kind of rolls off my tongue easily. But he says, uh, look, he said, I'll say it again. They are the real deal. Uh, he, he said they got some help from the roughs on Sunday, but the Chargers found a way to, to a way to beat a, a very smooth and very solid Pittsburgh Steelers team. Look, Steelers are still a good team. They're in it every single year. He said Rivers went 26 for 36 for almost 300 yards, a pass rating of 115. Um, and and look, I mean, just just to kind of chime in there, um, the Chargers again they they can do it on on all levels right now. Uh, good offensive line play, good defensive line play. They got pass rushers. They got secondary. Um, they have a good quarterback, good receivers, good running back. I mean, they're a complete team. I'd love to see, um, you know, I don't think the Giants are going to make the playoffs. I, I think that's probably a pretty safe assumption right now. But I might root, might root for the Chargers at this point. You want to see Phillip Rivers get one. And Hunter, thanks for saying this because this absolutely 
had to be said. It, ha- it had to be said. Uh, and what Hunter said is that Kareem Hunt, he will be statistically missed. We all know We all know what happened with Kareem Hunt. Uh, I, I swear, every single time there's... There's a there's a domestic violence issue in the NFL, or there's just something going on. These memes that we see around Facebook and Twitter, they they, they get crazy. I, I can't tell you how many you know Kareem Hunt, Ray Rice memes I saw yesterday. So, good lord! All right, I'm sorry, going off on a tangent there. But uh, speaking of Kareem Hunt, uh, Hunter said that he's going to be statistically missed, uh, and some people might be worrying about it. But the Chiefs will be all right. He said after being cut by Kansas City on Friday, many wondered whether or not this will have an impact on the Chiefs' season. Uh, He goes on to say that he believes that there is no need for panic. Why doesn't Hunter think there's a need for panic? It's because um, it's that Kansas City still has Patrick Mahomes. They still have Tyreek Hill. um, And about as important as anything else, they still have Andy Reid coaching this team. Uh, This is a team that is still chugging along and didn't look terribly bent out of shape after all the distractions this week. Mahomes was Mahomes still had a good game, threw four touchdown passes with a passer rating of 120 and looked as calm as ever. By the way, I believe he was, just interrupting him for a second, I believe he was the fastest quarterback to get to 40 touchdown passes in the season this week. Uh, but he goes on to say that the Chiefs, they had 455 yards of total offense, and they still ran the ball with mild success. Uh, he said, look, they're going to miss Kareem Hunt, but as long as they can keep the ball in the hot hands of Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes and be creative, this is a team that will still see success and will be all right. Uh, look, I, I agree with that. Um, they, they are not, they're going to be less dangerous without him, but they brought back Chand Eric West. He's a, he's a guy that has been with them his whole career. He, know, he, know, he knows that offense well. Um, so they have, they have running backs that are familiar with the offense, but I definitely believe that needed to be said because people were wondering, is it is this it? Is this it for the Chiefs? But no. They still got Mahomes there. They still got Tyreek Hill. They still got Andy Reid, and they still have some damn creative play calling. Good points there. Thanks, Hunter. Say hi to Ric Flair for me. He's Hollywood. He's 100 miles outside of Los Angeles, California, in a town called Galetta, which is actually a very pretty town. I just just checked it out, Mr. Levi Perillo. And Levi, you are up next on the Pro Football Scouting Podcast. Gonna read your gonna read your bold takeaway. So Levi actually covers the Denver Broncos, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, does post-game analysis for both of them, and covers Pac-12 on Mountain West. So Levi, you're up next, buddy. Let's hear your bold takeaways. Here are Levi's takeaways. He said, Philip Lindsay continues to prove why he should be in, in, in the conversation for rookie of, for rookie or offensive rookie of the year. Absolutely, he should be in that conversation. I'll chime in now, but ain't nobody beating Saquon at this point. Uh, but Philip Lindsay, he's a hell of a running back. I don't think it's scheme. I just think he's a good running back who got very much overlooked. Uh, his second bold takeaway is that the Chargers are proving themselves to be a real powerhouse in the, in the AFC. Um, I think, you know, that's definitely something that we've been starting to see. People are talking about that, and he feels that they have the potential to dethrone both New England and Kansas City if, if, they, if they go deep into the playoffs. His third bold takeaway is the Steelers are not ready for, 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 for the big games. He said they've choked twice in two weeks, two weeks while winning, and their defense has failed twice in two big games for the Steelers. Look, it's all about how you play in the clutch moments. I'll chime in now. Tom Brady, you know why he's you know why people say he's the best quarterback ever? It's because in the Super Bowl, in the big moments, he's gotten it done. But he goes on to say, Levi says that the Steelers' defense, it's failed them twice, and they need to figure out what their issues are 
uh, if they're a defense, um, if they want to have a good shot in the playoffs. I think for Pittsburgh, a lot of it's in their secondary. They can rush the passer with Dupree and Watt, but look, they 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 they, they got to close out games, and that's been their struggle the last few weeks. His fourth bowl takeaway, Levi says, is that Chicago is a great all-around team. He said he said that they're actually almost a great all-around team. Um, and he says you give them one more season or two, and they can be a real powerhouse in the NFC. They have a great defense, and their offense is playing well, even with a backup QB. So I'll say to that, uh, Levi, I already think that Chicago is a powerhouse right now, but... Um, you know what they what they are missing. I believe is more help for 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 Mitch Trubisky in the passing game. That's that that's that's going to be huge for them because they they got everything else. So I think I think you know what separates them for, from a team like like the Chargers right now. Because look, you look at the Chargers. I mean, the the Bears are kind of like the Chargers of the NFC. Um, but what separates them is that the Chargers got guys on the outside where the Bears really don't. So, so I agree with that. Um, they're very close to being a, a complete team, but not quite there. And he also says that his fifth bowl takeaway is that the Giants can have a better season next year if they patch up their offensive line. The more they take care of Eli and block for Saquon, they will have a more powerful offense in the coming season. 100% agree with that. It's it, uh, and, and to comment on that, it's it, you know the offensive line gets Eli into bad habits. He he gets into bad habits if he's not protected more so than other quarterbacks. You guys have heard me talk about it. Uh, I don't think he's an, I don't think Eli's an elite quarterback. I don't think he's ever really been an elite quarterback. But I definitely feel that he is still capable of winning football games in in this league. His arm strength has not taken a dip. I don't care what anyone says. He's he's still got the velocity. He's he's he still he still can throw it deep. He's he still he still has a lot of the same issues he's always had. He's really the same guy that that he's been. Um, you know, a guy that 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 is a more than serviceable good quarterback who plays absolutely outstanding at times, but still you know a bit hot and cold there. Levi, I appreciate you so much, man. And uh, that wraps up everything for, for today. Uh, there might be a couple of bold takeaways that I didn't get to, but uh, I do try my very best, uh, e- even for these league-wide coverage shows, to keep them, you know, 35 minutes max. I've had some shows that have gone 45, 50. I just find for my personal taste and my attention span, you know, it's 35, is especially it's, even if you're covering the whole league, about 35 minutes is our cutoff time. So uh, with that, again... Uh, pigskinnut.com should be, should be up by the end of the week. Follow me on Twitter at SteveTheScout81, uh, Pro Football Scouting Podcast on Facebook. Again, Pigskin Nut, end of the week, check it out. And uh, this is our last show without advertisers, so if you do want advertising rates, again, email me at SteveTheScout81 at gmail.com. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow. 